Welcome to the CBIA BizCast powered by Google. On this podcast, we dive into stories about Connecticut businesses. Downs Construction actually came to my school. And business leaders. I think it's always also really important to be able to see a path forward. We're shaping the future of Connecticut's economy. Thanks for joining us. I'm Amanda Marlowe, and today we are here with a new business in Connecticut. Uh, We're joined by Karen Frost-Spokes and her daughter, Zoe. Karen is the vice president of Cobb's Bread USA. So we're just so excited to have you guys here. We've got this amazing spread in front of us that's going to be teasing us (laughs) in this whole conversation. But let's get into it a little bit. Um, Tell us what Cobb's Bread is. Oh, gosh. Um, So Cobbs uh, started back in 1980. Uh, So with Roger and Leslie Gillespie, who are the founders, they had a single bakery in Hawthorne, a place in Melbourne, uh, Melbourne, Australia. Um, And uh, they opened a few. I think they got to about 13 or 14 uh, when they realized, let's just pause. Um, We can actually grow the brand substantially by using the franchise model. So when they brought on more franchisees. We just exploded. Um, and since 1980, there's just over 500 locations in Australia and New Zealand. So, wow. yeah. Um, and then, so the, the, the company itself, I mean, I think it's, it's a pretty simple concept. Um, we bake great bread from scratch. So it's not about, um, you know, a bag and adding flour or taking things out of a box. It's really sort of putting the flour, the yeast, the oil, the salt in and mixing it up and hand molding um, back from, you know, sort of the the, the olden days. Um, well, Roger, actually I should backtrack, is the, the Gillespie family is actually four generations of bakers. Okay. So bakers, uh, the, the bread runs in in the blood per se. So, um, but the, the, the company bakes from scratch. Um, we provide phenomenal customer service that just can't be matched from our samples and um and just product knowledge etc and then i think the other key thing is is we donate everything at the end of the day that's not sold um to different organizations i mean since 2003 we actually donated 560 million dollars worth of unsold bread to over 500 charities wow so the intent is to replicate that here in the in the northeast yeah so you started in um australia mm-hmm. moved over to canada uh, about 20 years ago yeah we're celebrating our 20th anniversary okay. this year um and mine uh i actually came over to vancouver from melbourne in 2003 with nine other people so one of those people um, who's actually still with the business is Aaron, um, Roger and Leslie's son. He is the president. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, there were 10 of us that came over and uh, and we opened a lot of ba- bakeries in Vancouver. There's about 170 of them now. Um, and uh, before we, yeah, are launching into the U.S. Great. And Zoe, you've been to them all over, huh? Yeah, it was really fun, like, just growing up with just tasting all, like, the fresh bread, especially, like, when you walk into a bakery, everybody's just so nice. And the just, like, they're, it's nice to walk into a bakery where there's fresh bread that tastes awesome, and then there's really nice people, which makes you want to go back and get more bread. That's the model, you know, good food and good service. Yeah. <laughs> Keeps um, people coming back. I don't, I don't think it... You know, and this is the thing that I love about Cobbs. I don't, it doesn't need to be complicated, right? It's a pretty simple concept. Um, one thing that I think, you know, differentiates us from other companies is we don't have a sit down. Everywhere I sort of drive around and there's some great bakeries out there for sure, 
but they're offering coffee or soup and sandwiches where Cobbs is just you come in, you choose what you want, whether it's a sandwich loaf, we can slice it for you. Is it cinnamon buns for the kids? Is it, you know, apricot apricot bread, which is permanently in our freezer? <laughs> and then you take it home and you you go home and you enjoy it with with your family. Um, and and we won't deviate from that. Um, it's really just about focusing on great bread, great customer service, and then connecting with the community and giving back. And it was that desire for the great bread, great customer service that really started things up in Connecticut and the U.S. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Um, well, interesting story. So Rob and Louise Hyden, who were the franchisees in Greenwich, um, they are actually expats from Australia. So when they arrived just over a decade ago, they were looking around and and really saw an opportunity or a bit of a, a gap really for um, that demand of fresh bread. So they sort of knocked on our door and said, let's open here. Um, at the time, we were really focusing on, on the Canadian market and making sure that that was a profitable and viable business model for us to expand. Um, but then really the last 12 months, we really evaluated the US market and uh, and saw the need. And, and so here we are. This is sort of where I accepted the role and and the challenge and then brought on a phenomenal local team just to sort of really guide us through the nuances of who know the the US market and um and the expansion shall begin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, certainly. And so there's uh currently one in Westport, I mean Greenwich. Yeah, so we opened in Stamford first um and then we opened in Greenwich a couple of years ago. Um so the intent Westport is due. I know we, as soon as we put the hoarding up, I've, there's been a lot of buzz around it, which is super exciting. Um, with the challenges with permitting, we've been delayed, um, but our plan is to open end of November. Um, and we have a couple of bakeries open before then, but the plan Fairfield is on our list of places to go. Um, Norwalk, which is such a fabulous area. Um, Danbury as well is on the list of uh, places to open in the next 12 months. Yeah, so you're really starting to move um, into into the state, and this is really the start of your expansion into the U.S. as well. Yeah, we want to sort of tackle the Northeast first. I think just doing what we did similar to Canada of, of really sort of building mass market and getting the brand recognition out there. Um, so sort of starting the Northeast, we're certainly open to expanding even more. I mean, um, the the what does it work? The world is your oyster in the US. I feel like it yeah, does. it does. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's that's the starting point. Okay, so Zoe, for all of our Fairfield County friends listening, what is the go-to that you like if you're uh, after school with your friends? Oh, definitely, like just um, the high fiber loaf, like just a nice sandwich, like with either it's like a cucumber sandwich. I remember they're so refreshing in the summer. It's really nice. Um, or uh, my favorite, if I were to have like sort of like a sweet, like savory kind of, it would be, um, a chocolate croissant. It's just so like, I don't know. I love chocolate and, um, it's a nice treat to have. And then all the bread is just like, I normally have Cobb's bread in the morning, but if I, yeah, I like the chocolate scone is my favorite scone. And then, yeah, all the uh, fruity sort of savory is my favorite to have after school. 
Awesome. Well, we'll have to add all those to the list for sure. <laughs> We've got our perfect taste tester here. We've got to ask her all these questions. Uh, so tell us, you know, in um, coming from, you know, starting in Australia, moving to Canada, now to the U.S., what are some of the, you know, challenges or obstacles that you've faced um, and, and some of the other parts that were maybe a little bit easier than expanding in other parts? Um, challenges, challenges, I will say probably finding the right people. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Um, we'll probably elaborate on this, but finding the right people because the business itself, um, as much as it's, it's not complicated, right? Again, great bread, great service, getting back into the community or giving back into the community. Um, it's, it's really owner operator driven, um, it's, it's not an investment. I think the other piece that I loved about being in the franchise world, you know, the company's not about, um, if you have a million dollars, have a bakery, it's really about, are you invested? You know, are you invested in connecting with the community and giving back and getting involved in fundraisers and hiring the right people, locals, and really developing them into, into great leaders or whatever they want to do. Um, so I think it's, yeah, it's finding people with the passion and that drive. It's it's a tough business. I mean, you're sort of getting up at anywhere between 2 o'clock in the morning to we can push it back to 3 or 4. It's an early start. Yeah, she knows. <laughs> um, so it's, yeah, it's finding the right people to to, to connect and, and and to sort of grow, grow the, the, the business and the brand. So how important is community to a successful franchise? Huge, huge. You know, when you talk to franchisees who have been, they're going into their second term. So, you know, I'll, I'll speak to Kevin, who's our franchisee at Lakeshore um, in Ontario. He's in his second term and he, he's, the, the, he's the community baker. Um, you know, they've got two young kids. So when Tessa started ballet, it was connecting with the, the ballet schools and fundraising and Jack's kindergarten. Like they, you know, they were always engaged in that. And then they did, um, there was a, an organization called, the light run, I think, which he's participated in the fun run and raised, you know, raised money for, for the last decade. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, um, yeah, it is really critical. Yes, you do have bakery managers and you'll build your team, but I think no one really looks after the business than, you know, the actual, the business owner, yeah. right? So, um, and I think as you, um, franchisees who have that entrepreneur spirit and are able to look beyond the four walls and, and really connect, you, you're connecting with a different audience. Again, whether it's a sporting club or um, or your schools or golf, you know, when they've got the fundraisers, it's it's really just sort of listening to the community and and what they're wanting to um, to make that connection. Yeah, what they want to see and bring more than just having, you know, a local business but a local neighbour. Yeah, and I think product goes to that as well too. Like as much as we have our core go-tos here, you know, when we first came to Canada in 2003, um, we didn't have a cinnamon bun. Like we were like, what are these cinnamon buns? <laughs> so, so our guys had to go out and develop a recipe um, and now in Australia they sell cinnamon buns. Okay. Um, and one thing that we sort of noticed too was, uh, you know, as we get in into different communities, um, they're looking for different products like Hulla. Hulla is another one where we didn't really sort of have that as an option and then created one. And 
And now the whole range is not just a hull of bread, it's your braids and then has the raisins in it and then the rolls, et cetera, et cetera. So, and now hull is actually in our top, top 20 products. So. Wow. So you adapt to the customer need in one area and then it ends up folding into different areas of the Yeah. World. And I, I think that's important too, right? To sort of not be too cookie cut, to go there for the staples, but then to be able to sprinkle in a little bit of uh, of the community products and the seasonal items as well. I remember like cops would always be a part of like my school. Like if we had fairs, they would always like, there'd be hamburger buns there or they would just give out free samples and be so cool to like, because all my friends now know like cops back home and they would that was their household. Like that was the name that they would say, oh, I'm going to go to cops to get some bread. And everybody would say that in my neighborhood. So it was cool how like big cops got. And it was like really nice to see. And now that's the challenge, right? Is bringing, making cops that household name here in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Well, what did we say in the drive up here? That cops will be known as Connecticut's own bakery. Perfect. Right, Cobbs, Connecticut's own bakery. Yeah. You've got the, the acronym already spelled we out do. for you. Oh, there's, Amanda, there's multiple. There are multiple <laughs> what stands for Cobbs. I mean, originally when we first came, we wanted to be called Baker's Delight, of course, um, but that name was taken. So in Australia, most of them are actually franchised. Most of the Baker's Delights are. Okay. But there's, a, uh, there's actually just a few company-owned bakeries. Okay. And we call those Cobbs. So then that was it. And then it was celebration and opportunity brings success and Canada's own bread store. So now it's Connecticut. Connecticut. Yeah. Perfect. I think we're happy to take that name. <laughs> That's for sure. And so the, the franchise model um, that you have, it's a little bit unique. Can you tell us about that? The franchisee model in the U.S. that uh, we're about to. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Well, you started something in Canada, or right? That was a little bit different. We did. We did the Manage to Own program in Canada. So we've taken it where um, we're going to be offering something a little bit unique in the US. Um, what we discovered, part of our learnings over the last two decades in Canada was, again, finding the right people who have that drive and that passion from day one. So what we're, what we're going to implement for the first 10 operators um, is after their 16-week training, so they go to, through a 16-week training course, um, once that's completed, uh, we're actually going to be offering them profit share from day one um, because we find that, you know, a bit of skin in the game from day one and knowing that um, this is going to be their bakery yeah. Um, they make the decisions from day one, whether it's how much to make, not to sell out, um, you know, to hire the right team and to build that culture from day one. I mean, I think, you know, today, wherever you work, it's so important. Like it's you spend so much time at work to be able to create create that culture of a safe environment that's inspiring and fun, you know, a fun place to work. I think it just uh, it makes people want to get out of bed because they want to, not because they have to. Yeah, there's there's more buy-in than, you know, say, even having to wait longer to get any any percentage there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so from day one. Um, and the intent is, you know, how cool would it be to have 10 operators sort of crafting that story of going from day one. Cobbs gave me sort of the helping hand mm-hmm. to build equity and become you know, business owners and franchisees. And you've had a lot of success stories um, in Canada as well with your franchisees. 
Yeah, I mean, Kevin, I sort of spoke to already. Um, uh, there's a, a young lady, Sarah, who started in sales. She started as a sales manager in um, in Vancouver. She came to Ontario to be a little bit closer to her family, and um, and we had a conversation. And she she wanted to open her own bakery, and I sort of said, "Hey, just pause." get some life experience first, um, pair, paired her up with a phenomenal franchisee, Claire. Um, and, you know, 12 to 18 months later, Sarah was ready and she opened um, her fir- uh, the first location actually in London, Ontario, mm-hmm. and she's about to open her second. Wow. Um, and she, I don't think, has celebrated her 30th birthday. So she's, and she's phenomenal. She's all about the people. Um, we create, we created some awards, sort of getting into the, 20th year we figured it would be good to have some franchisee awards and rookie of the year awards coming yeah. up and uh i believe sarah won the rookie of the year last year wow so, yeah sounds pretty deserving too yeah very <laughs> very i find it cool how like when people who join cops when they go through all that training and you see how much fun they have and then when they own when they get their own bakery you can see how accomplished they feel when they have it and it's like they should feel they should feel so proud of themselves. Like they have their own bakery now. Like that's good. <laughs> and a support team behind them, you know, if, if they do need support, right? Yes. 100%. You know, going into the franchise model, um, it's, it is something that I'll speak to, you know, in Canada, we are very high touch. You know, one thing that I hear about other franchises out there, there's multiple to choose from, right. Um, is we are very hands-on, um, depending on where the franchisee have come from with their background. Sometimes you have, if they've got the, the restaurant experience already, they're pretty good, right? They're, they're great with operations and the production side and, um, and, and sort of managing teams. Whereas if people have come from a nursing background or finance, um, you know, they need a little bit more guidance. And so the area managers, district managers that we have on the ground are super hands-on. And uh, yeah, it's pretty rewarding seeing them go through the the first year and navigating the gazillion reports and figuring out what gets poppy seeds and what goes in a paper bag and plastic bag, et cetera. And then the HR piece to year two, three, and four, um, where they become a little bit more familiar with the whole process. Mm-hmm. It's a uh, it's a pretty cool business to be involved in. So, you know, in terms of having those boots on the ground, so to speak, mm-hmm. how important is that, you know, especially being here now in the in the US to have some of those people um, to go to? Um, it's critical. It really is. I mean, the ops team, I've got, uh, we've got three guys on the ground at the moment um, who have been instrumental. Zach's actually been with us for just over 12 months mm-hmm. um, and spent a lot of time with our product developers and our, our key key bakers from Canada, just sort of learning again the art of baking. So he's been um, just instrumental in in training the other district managers and preparing them for what's about to happen over the next uh, four to five months in particular. I'm sure it's a, it's a real ride once you get from that day one up to the first few months. Yes, yes. There's a lot of balls um, being juggled right now, but I'm confident that uh, that we'll get that. It's cool to watch for me because it goes from like either it's really stressful and then at the end they're like super happy and they're like proud of what they've done. You can see. You think it's stressful? Well, easy <laughs> stress. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like you're stressed, but then you see with your team, you have like an mm. amazing team. They're all really nice. And then you guys work together to like build up and yeah, it's cool to watch. 
magic. It's awesome that, you know, you get to a front row seat to all of this. Kind of motivates you for the future, huh? I guess, yeah. It's a bit nerve-wracking, but my mom makes it seem easy sometimes, so, and fun. So hopefully it'll be fun, too, because it was fun when I was in the bakery when I was doing sampling, which was really fun, too, because I got to, like, work in the bakery. Yeah. So I got to, like, work with other people, and it was really fun to experience Pretty cool watching the process of it all being made. Yeah, for sure. We'll have to get you in. Yeah, definitely. Get you making some cinnamon buns. All right, I'm all about it. (laughs) (laughs) We've been, you know, someone had brought over a starter, you know, to my husband. Yeah, and we've been staring at it like, Maybe we should try this, <laughs> but we're we're good in the kitchen. The right. baking portion, I think that's where we uh, well, not through, so strong through COVID, right? I mean, I think everyone it was like the 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 cool thing to do to try and start the the sourdough starter. Yeah, I think um, that's what happened, and someone brought it over. <laughs> right, didn't quite pan out. Yeah, not not so much. I'll well, stick with the local bakeries. <laughs> well, our our sourdough, um, we actually had our technical baker go over to San Francisco. Really? Mm-hmm. And uh, learn about the the starter and, and actually brought some back. So when you try our sourdough, it is actually from the mother dough from San Francisco. Okay. Very um, cool. Traditional French baguette. Um, we sent our guy to France and to learn about. So a traditional French baguette, it's about the ingredients. So I'm not sure if you know, but there's only four ingredients um, in, in a traditional French baguette. And it's all about the processing. So it's like the fold and the fold and trapping the gases. And it's a really cool product to make. It's, um, again, simple, just simple ingredients, no preservatives. Um, But, yeah, we've created some pretty cool cool products. Now, were you always, were you a baker? Were you interested in that? Or how did did you get involved? So, um, So I was actually with Baker's Delight through high school and university. Um, and just uh, was was a salesperson behind the counter and serving customers, and I think that's where my love of people came from. Um, I actually went to Adelaide University um, to be a school teacher, okay. but didn't take that path. But I think it just highlighted my passion for connecting with people. Um, went through sales and then decided to get into baking and give it a go. Um, starting at midnight was probably not my favorite part. Yeah. However, you know, going into the bakery and it being completely empty and then leaving and seeing a wall of bread and going, I made that. I made, of course, if it wasn't burnt, I would totally take credit <laughs> for this one and this one and this one. Uh, it's, it's was really rewarding. Um, and then, yeah, I just worked, I think through high school and, and university, took a bit of a break. And then when the opportunity came up for um, to come to Vancouver, I, I sort of jumped on it. I was wow. like, why not? Yeah, and, and now you've you really jumped right in and, and now are helping, you know, other others kind of get started in this business for sure. Mm-hmm. What do you think are some of the um, most important things, you know, as for people that might be even listening and, and are thinking, oh, maybe this is like a right opportunity for me? Um, if they're thinking that they need to, uh, scan the QR code and get in contact (laughs) with me. Um, it is, I can't speak enough about the company. I mean, like I said, it's been 20 years and I think to have that opportunity of whether it be Sarah in sales or, you know, someone uh, who's come in as a baker and, and wanting to 
expand. Like they're they're able to create amazing product, but they actually want to get out into the community and and be that entrepreneur. Um, the the opportunities are there, um, and even from from finance, if uh, you know they don't necessarily have the the equity to put down, but they have the right drive and the right passion, then we will Cobbs will help Cobbs will help them get there. Yeah, and you kind of work with people on a different basis of, of where they're coming from. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that was a sort of starting point in Canada where we sort of had, um, you know, really driven, passionate um, people in the business that we saw, you know, where they wanted to go. Um, and uh, you know, Am, Am and Am and Craig in Ottawa, they're another couple that uh, at least did the Manage to Own program and um, ended up leasing one of the bakeries downtown in Toronto. Um, and then someone actually came in external and bought the bakery, allowing them to go back to their roots in Ottawa. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, they have two of, well, two of the top performing locations in in Ontario. So wow. and I think M was, you know, early to mid-20s when all of that happened for them. Um, and the reality is when we have, we're, when we're able to craft stories like that, success stories, um, then it attracts other franchisees. So, and that's what our ba- that's what the business model is really based on. We just uh, it's a bit of a stepping stone. Yeah. Now, as you look back, you know, after two decades, really helping launch this company um, in Canada, and now bringing it to the U.S. What are some of the the top things that you've learned in terms of of being a leader and and going out on all these limbs, essentially? Going out on the limb? Well, you know, um, <laughs> in taking chances, you know, opening, getting started even in the U.S. Right. 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 That was a, a, a chance. Yeah. I, yeah. I guess so. I mean, two questions. All right. I think as a leader, um, I, I'm big into, into values. I think that it's, you know, to build that foundation. And um, I think I mentioned it to, before to sort of create that environment where you're bringing people on in that sort of open and honest conversation. You know, I just, I actually just went through the, the exercise with the leadership team in the U S the last uh, three to four months. And we threw words out and sort of really collaborated. And, um, we came up with our values that actually sounded out magic, um, around morale and, um, adaptability and growth and, um, I always forget the I, um, integrity. Thank goodness I pulled that one out. <laughs> integrity and then collaboration. And to and we often refer to it as magic and, you know, everyone's sort of pulling together. So I can't do, it can't be a one-person show, whether it's the leadership group that we're taking on now or bakeries within their four walls. Like if you don't have the values that you can fall back on when times are tough and really lean in, I think, you know, I think it's, yeah, I think it's just really critical to, to build that culture, which we've done, which I just think with the leadership crew, it's going to be easier to tackle the next big challenge of coming into the US. Um, and yeah, it's, it's risky, but I think we've got a great product out there. Um, and so I think that the challenge that we have in front of us of educating um, the community as to what's on offer Um you know, that's, that's probably the biggest task at hand. So I've got Zoe working on the school kids and the, uh, the high school going into university. And then I've got the rest of the team spreading the word. So that's, yeah, just about spreading the word right now and finding good people to run the franchises, right? Yep. 
even when I was at volleyball camp, I asked some of the girls, like, oh, yeah, I came here. Do you know called Fred by any chance? <laughs> <laughs> she was like, yeah. Like, she goes there. I was like, you guys are already, like, they know you guys. Like, Was it surprising to you to... A little bit, but, like, everybody should know Cops Brand. It's amazing. <laughs> um, but it's good to see that, like, Cops Brand is really, like, going everywhere and everybody's getting it because they should because it's amazing bread. That's awesome. Well, we're really excited to see, you know, what what hap- what comes of this. Um, mm-hmm. I think we're very excited for this Westport location yes. um, to open to up, uh, you know, and we can certainly get down to Greenwich a little bit. Um, it smells unbelievable. So <laughs> my stomach's been going this whole time. So we'll have to break in soon. Well, thank you so much for uh, being on this BizCast. Is there anything, final thoughts that you have? I think just I want to welcome everyone in and uh, I'm really, I'm really excited. I'm really excited to be here. Thank you for this opportunity too. Um, And uh, yeah, I encourage everyone to um, visit their local cobs as soon as it comes into the community. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for listening to this week's BizCast. You can listen, like, and subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And please leave us a review and let us know if you have ideas for a future podcast. For our full list of episodes, head on over to CBIA.com.